Welcome to Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. I'm your host, Phil Mintz, Director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, otherwise known as NCMEP. My role is to drive outreach to NC manufacturers, build relationships to federal and state leaders, and coordinate efforts to drive profitable manufacturing growth in North Carolina. Throughout my time working closely with manufacturers, I have heard the most quirky, curious, and memorable stories. I wanted to turn these stories into a podcast so that others may hear and be informed and inspired. From humble beginnings to manufacturing titans, from tragedy to triumph, I will be interviewing some of these manufacturers who have made North Carolina manufacturing the powerhouse that it is today. According to the U.S. Bureau of the Census, about 90% of American businesses are family-owned or controlled. Unfortunately, most family-owned businesses don't make it long enough to pass it on to the next generation, with only 40% of family-owned businesses making it to the second generation. In this episode, we talk to a second-generation North Carolina business that's not only still going, but thriving. Tropical Foods is a woman-owned family food manufacturer based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Tropical Foods, established in 1977, manufactures nuts and snack mixes and distributes a wide variety of snack products with more than 3,000 snacks in their product line. The organization maintains additional operating centers in Orlando, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Dallas, and Reno. Today, we're clocking in with the voice of North Carolina Manufacturing, who is the owner and CEO of Tropical Foods, Angela Bauer. Prior to joining the family business, Angela worked as a marketing specialist for Scientific Atlanta and a logistics coordinator for AJC International. Angela graduated from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill with a bachelor's degree in international studies and again later with a master's degree in business administration. So Angela, thank you for taking time to speak with us. How are things going today? Thanks, Phil. Thanks for um, the North Carolina Manufacturing uh, Extension Partners to ask us to do this podcast. We're we're doing well. This is uh, we're post one year after the coronavirus, and um, I mean we're we're happy to be here for sure. And um, it's been hard, but it's uh, it's looking up. So we're we're happy and excited and thankful for that. Great. We'll we'll talk some about that. I, I just want to get a little bit. You know, there's always a you know a story behind leaders that we want to find out. And this is a family business. Can you talk a bit, what, what do you remember about the early stage of your family business? Your your parents started it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of laughing because you think back that far. I worked here, you know, obviously in high school, it was my summer job, my holiday break job, my everything. Uh, that was back in the days before computers, before email. So scary times to think back now, but it was fun because it was sort of, uh, it was work, but it also just, Felt like a family hobby or project, you know, that we all just did together. What well, did you always know you'd want to stay with the business when you got older, or was that your plan, or were you thinking about, you know, being a rebel and doing something on your own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I didn't really think it would be my plan, and uh, I guess a couple reasons. One, because when my parents started it, they, um, you know, their their goal was just to, you know, make a living, get four, you know, they had four kids, get four kids provided for through college. And I'm the youngest of four, so I thought, well, by the time I'm around, you know, there won't be anything left for me to do, you know, except something I probably won't want to do. So I just never thought it would be part of my future at all. So, but, you know, it's funny how um, fate and irony sometimes get in the way of what your plans are. 
So how did it start? I mean, what what was the uh, goal of your parents when they got started? I, you know, I look at the name Tropical Foods and, and I think you started out at Tropical Nut and Fruit or something like that. So I think about sandy beaches and eating grapes or something like that. So what did they have in mind? Do you remember when they started it? Yeah, yeah. So my dad had been in the nut industry the uh, quite by incident, by coincidence, because he felt like he thought he was applying for a job with like nuts and bolts. Like he was in Ohio, you know, big GM car country. And anyway, you know, he went in and found out quickly that it was a nut company up there. And so his first half of his career was spent with this other company until they sold out. So then he found himself like a lot of folks in the late seventies trying to, you know, start another start another career start another job and so he just took the opportunity he and my mother to do something together um that's in the mid late 70s so you know back it was trail mix days you know gorp all those kind of things so they they you know one of the things that they worked on was the california mix which you see everywhere today so they just decided to start more of a snack nut and dried fruit company and that's you know tropical foods because a lot of things were a little more exotic then i mean now we're a little more spoiled but getting dried, you know, dried fruits from all over the world and, that, and the nuts from all over the world were just not as readily available back then. So that was kind of the, the name, nuts and fruits. And we switched to foods just because and some folks thought we only did, you know, nuts and nothing else. And, and but we're not just tropical foods either because we carry all kind of specialty foods. So anyway, the, the name, we're kind of outgrown the name a little bit, but, but we have, yet we have 45 years of history. So we need to that with us. I think you go by another brand as well, like Truly Good Foods, or is that right? Or Yeah, as we evolved, um, we were mostly a bulk nut company. So if you think back in the 70s and 80s, it was, you know, happy hour and belly up to the bar. And, most, you know, like, so there was a lot of snack mixes that were going out to hotels. And these were just different days, right? I mean, we're in a whole different era now. And a lot of bulk food in grocery stores and health food stores and co-ops and that kind of thing. And as we've evolved, we put more products in packages. And so we found we need to really have a brand. Uh, so Truly Good Foods, who could say no to Truly Good is kind of our brand to go nationwide so that you could find us on a shelf and, and, and that would be our brand. Because before that we really existed, we have a reputation as a company, but not really as a consumer brand. So does your majority of your business uh, distributor or, or is it retail? How, how does that break out? You know, we, uh, we're more on the food service side, but it, it start, everything mixes up a little bit more because if we're selling into food service, which maybe would be colleges, right, like NC State or anywhere else or hospitals, you know, a lot of times it's ending up on their retail shelves so that you may buy it as a consumer. So it's really odd that we're sort of food service and then back into retail, even in that channel. And that's the biggest part of our business is really a lot of these behind the scene food operators, more so than the grocery retailers, you know, that you would, you know, just every consumer would walk in and buy and know about. However, we did just get some products placed in the, on the retail shelves of Harris Teeter, uh, recharge, a recharge brand. And so we're excited about that. That's one of the first times we've really been on the grocery shelf with our brand and our name versus just in some other package or looking like we're a store brand. So I guess because you were, again, a kind of a behind the scene food service type uh, seller, I guess the pandemic kind of hits you harder because of that. Is that fair to say? Oh, definitely. I think, you know, I, like I tell our employees, don't think grocery retail, think more food service restaurants. So, you know, we weren't hit nearly as hard as the restaurants, obviously, but 
more along those lines because uh, just so much shut down all the venues we do a lot with um, stadiums and all those you know all every public event stopped right mm-hmm. cruise lines theme parks uh, all those people that we sell so of course in business conferences so yeah so that's that you know, hurt us quite a, quite a bit but but you know there's been a lot of good good that has happened too so we're learning from all our experiences obviously things are looking up now as, as things are opening back up i mean you know you do or are the some of your prior customers just ordering more now as they see things opening up we're really seeing some folks coming back that have been just dormant that's always good news i mean it's you feel feel bad for the customers because you know that they've been struggling as well but that's really we're seeing more folks just opening up and calling back and saying, hey, now we're going to order again, or we're going to order more, or we've got more people coming in. Colleges are really planning for kids to be back full and be able to go eat. Yeah. Um, so we're already yeah. talking to them about next next fall. So it's exciting times. And we, we do a lot of holiday seasonal items too, which is just fun. And um, we just booked all our fall and Christmas holiday items, and we've had a record year. So I think people are anxious to buy fun things and celebrate and looking forward to people being back into offices and environments where they can all partake of some fun holiday snacks. Yeah, that's great. Well, we are in the manufacturing business and I always say this is a manufacturing show. So it's always interesting to hear how these things are made. You know, what, what is the raw material that you buy and how do you process fruits and nuts and snacks uh, at your place just in general? Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because from a manufacturing point of view, it, it can seem quite simple, and it, in some ways it is. And yet, when you start really thinking about it, it's a little more complex. Because, we, you know, we're, we're bringing the, the nuts from, you know, a lot of things are grown in the U.S., but some things are only grown overseas, right? Your cashews, your Brazil nuts, things like that. So you're importing and bringing in nuts and seeds and peanuts from all over, and then dried fruits, and then you've got to roast the nuts or don't roast the nuts. And or salt it or season it. And then you bring all these different components together. Some of our mixes have up to like 13 ingredients that we're trying to mix. And then you, you know, put it put it together and then, okay, well, we package it in about 10 different ways. So, so and then multiply that by about 50 or 60 snack mixes, right? So, you know, that can be quite- See how you get to 3,000, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so quickly it's like, maybe we should streamline this a little bit, which we, we try, but that's part of our- Maybe our secret sauce is we're, we're willing to pretty much work with people to do what they need, how they need it. So, but yeah, so we just roast, roast it in peanut oil. We, we prefer to do peanut oil because it's a little, little more expensive, but a little better, higher, a little higher quality, a little bit better flavor. We do some candy nuts. We have like three kettles that we make small, you know, small batches because you can't do nearly the volume in those. Um, we have a tumbler that puts on different seasonings and then package it in a variety of formats, you know, five pounds, two two and a half pounds, 10 pounds, 25 pounds, you know, one ounce, one and a half ounce, five ounce, you know, you name it. So, so so do you have like a master chef or a recipe maker for nuts and fruits that comes up with these exotic recipes or, you know, um, yes and no. I mean, my sister, Carolyn, she's the, she's the commodity buyer and she likes to dub herself a queen of the snack mixes. So yeah. So she, she does, but a lot of us try to work together and come up with, you know, it's like we kind of laugh. We've been talking to the North Carolina Food Innovation Lab. And I was like, you know, sometimes our innovation is nothing really fantastic from a pure science innovation point of view, but 
one thing like lately we have a key lime mix so we found a sometimes our vendors will come with interesting things and they have this little you know square piece of key lime white chocolate and we just developed a mix around that because key lime is such a great flavor you know florida but everywhere really and we put it together with a little cereal piece and like a candy nut and and came up with key lime crunch so and it's been a fantastic mix for us but so you know I don't think we win any big technology innovation awards. That's always kind of fun to just do things like that. That's something interesting. So do your do your customers bring ideas to you and said, can you make me this? Or do you do some of that? We do. We, I'd like to do more and more of that. Sometimes customers will come and say more like, this is exactly what we want. We make it. And we can do that. Sometimes if they provide a little bit of flexibility, it's nice because, you know, we can add our expertise and 45 years of business to say well maybe let's don't put that piece in because that can go stale or that may have a flavor you know if you put those flavors together it tastes good now but in about a month that flavor may transfer and you know moisture and i mean it, like i said it doesn't seem like it'd be very complicated to make snack mixes and it isn't super complicated but there's a little more to it than than people give us credit but we have made a lot of special um and we're happy to do that and that's another i think thing that we can offer that perhaps others can't to make special blends and mixes for people specific to their application um, or their price point or whatever they need. We didn't talk about this earlier, but we're glad you're in North Carolina, but how did you get to Charlotte? I know you talked about your family being in Ohio, I think. Yeah, my dad, um, my mom and dad moved down in the late fifties, I believe it was uh, for this other company. And my dad chose Charlotte actually because he was like, it's going to be a great city with the 77 and 85 and um, the airport at that time was even then back in the late fifties, you know, it was kind of a thing, I guess. And so Charlotte was just already becoming a hub. So hmm. he looked at a few other cities and chose Charlotte of everywhere. So we're, I'm glad to call North Carolina home. That's how we got home. So do you, do you manufacture your snacks in some of these other places that we mentioned at the top of it, or, or do you do it all in Charlotte now? We um, just recently moved all everything back to Charlotte. We had a little bit of production in Orlando because of the because of the way things were done back in the day, and we were getting ready to expand with the coronavirus, and we actually ended up moving it all back, but we did not expand. So our facility is a little a little tight with double manufacturing equipment in the same spot. So so now it's time to build put some bricks and mortar, build some <laughs> structure. Yeah, that's that's what we'd like to. I mean. You know, in the on the manufacturing side and on, certainly on the food safety side, there's been tremendous, tremendous change. I mean, my parents would probably not even recognize it. You know, just so much more that you have to do now, which is which is all good and fine, and that's how things go. But you know, back in the day, it was just it was so simple. But now, uh, with allergens and everything else, there's a lot more to keep in mind and consider. So, been a lot of advancements in food safety. Yeah. So looking ahead, I know you had mentioned that you're poised to do some growing here and, you know, prior to the pandemic, you know, where does, where does your growth come from? Is it just reaching out and engaging more customers or, or, or are your, your, are your regular customers like you so much they're asking for more things or. Oh, you are always trying to grow. So that's, that's a tough question to answer. I think I'm, I'm hopeful that we have a, a good, I, I think we have a good reputation in industry. And a lot of people have known us and, you know, we're, you know, everybody can be a consumer and uh, we deal with so many hotels and colleges and universities that a lot of times people have seen us as a consumer or maybe even as a worker. And, uh, you know, maybe they worked in the college cafeteria as a kid and then maybe they moved into the hospitality industry and they maybe ordered our snacks or saw our snacks there. 
And then, you know, so they carry us forward. So we do find a lot of folks will be like, hey, I ordered your product here. I experienced your product there and I want to look at it here. So we're, we love that referral. I think just, we keep just developing our business within our customers. You know, we've, we've got some reputation with the airlines and working with them. And that just generates more and more opportunities. There is one thing that's come to mind recently is they're trying to come back. Um, we're actually going to probably be on some flights with our snacks here in the month of June, which is exciting because that's a new thing for us as well. Typically, we're behind the scenes providing nuts that they maybe put on the tray that they give you. But now we're actually going to maybe be out there with our product in our package. Mm. So that sounds exciting. Well, so you you mentioned that we can actually find your snacks maybe in a grocery store. What was that again? Um, Harris Teeter is supposed to be resetting their stores uh, right as we speak, and you'll see two products, uh, re- our recharge line that is, that'll is that be in grocery, and I believe it'll be in the snack nut section uh, soon. Yeah. So that's good. So what if, what if we wanted to find you online? Where would we go? Yeah, we we, um, we have our e-commerce site that we're, it's York's Nut House, but you can find us really through our website at www.tropicalfoods.com, and then just look for for consumers and then they'll, it'll patch you over there. We will ship, uh, we had a little retail store. We've closed it from the retail because of the coronavirus, but we do ship our own products to everybody at e-commerce and we're on amazon.com and walmart.com, samsclub.com, let's see who else. Oh <laughs> yeah, all, covered. all the different places. Yeah, yeah, so. All right, so you are second generation family owned business. Will there be a third generation, you think, that's going to take it over from you? Yeah, you're asking the wrong person. We need to get them online here. <laughs> do, you, do you have them working in there? Are they, they, are they doing like you did? Yeah, yeah um, so between my sister and I, we've got five kids, two girls and three boys. So we, we felt like the, we said uh, they're, not, they're neither required, or obligated, or to, to work here but they're also not guaranteed to work here. So we, we, we want them to make it as their own decision. So they all have worked here some either, you know, full-time between school or, you know, summer internships or what have you. So, but we don't know. They're a little too young. I guess I'm, I don't know that I think I'm a little too young to retire, but I, uh, I think I'm not old enough to retire and they're a little too young to decide. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, at least they're not, but they've been around there and they're, they're, they don't hate it, I guess. Is that, can we say that? Yeah. I think they're, I think now that they're getting older, they start to appreciate how nice it can be to have your own business. There's good and bad, but they've seen it all. So, yeah, Yeah, so it's, we'll see. It's a, it's a possibility. Yeah, so it's exciting. I mean, as as we mentioned at the top, there's you know there's so many family businesses out there, and you know there's always sometimes there's some struggle there, but it's always great to hear good stories about family-owned businesses that are thriving and growing, and like you are. And so, you know, we're glad we're glad to know you from NCMEP, and we hope that we've been able to help you some uh, throughout the pandemic. Appreciate all the support you've been giving to our program as well. No, y'all been a great a great resource for us. You know, we've we've been appreciative of everything we've done, and it's definitely helped. I mean, gosh, you know, manufacturing is so important in North Carolina. Being a North Carolina native myself, I've just been excited to be part of that group and see how we, you know, as a state, how we survived a lot of losing a lot of industry like the furniture and tobacco and textile industries. So you know, we're just we're just in the food nut business, but I'm glad to see overall how everybody's doing better and I'm glad y'all exist to help us all through this through all the ups and downs and yeah. you know, it makes a difference gosh we you know we, you know, we got one machine working a little bit better the other day because of some initiatives and 
I think our throughput increased by, by fourfold. And, you know, the money we invested will, will be made back in like two weeks. Manufacturing and what all y'all can do to help us is, I mean, it really is, you know, dollars to the bottom line. So y'all keep up the good work. Well, I look forward to getting down there. I've never, never been to your place. And so I need to get down there and see how these great snacks are being made. That's right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Road trip. Yeah. Road trip and a field trip. That's always fun. Yeah. Well, Angela, I appreciate you talking to us today and taking a little time out of your day to to speak about tropical foods uh, and and the, and the work that you're doing there and and the, the benefits you give to the North Carolina economy. And so we're thankful for your business here. And again, we really appreciate the time you've, you've taken with us today. Thanks, Phil. Thank you for joining today's Clocking In, Voices of NC Manufacturing. This podcast is brought to you by NC State's College of Engineering, the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and Industry Expansion Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about the solutions NCMEP offers, go to www.ncmep.org. Want to listen to previous Clocking In podcasts? Go to ncmep.org slash clocking in.